0: You are listening to God'splaining. Visit us at God'splaining.org to listen to our episodes, shop our store, and donate to our podcast. All gifts go to improving the podcast and bringing the gospel to more listeners. Thanks for your support.
1: Hello, friends. Welcome back to God'splaining. I'm your host today, Father Patrick Mary Briscoe, O.P. Of the order of preachers, I did uh, just overcome by the charism there. I just wanted to emphasize that, for some reason, moved by the spirit to emphasize mm. that. I'm so joined good. today. Yeah. He's making faces at me. I'm joined today by Father Joseph Anthony Cress, also OP.
2: Thank you, OP. You're now OP. with OPP. Hello,
1: Father Joseph Anthony.
2: <laughs> Hello. It's uh yeah, overcome by the spirit of the of the order is is not a bad thing. Um, so it's it's good it's it's all good love and life down here in Charlottesville and um yeah just trying to make it make it through the semester and kind of gearing up for the summer now so we'll get into a lot of that kind of stuff a little later on in the episode but yeah yeah we're just...
1: actually I mean like the kind of pitter patter at the beginning is pretty much the substance of today's episode because we're, we're kind of in the yeah. same situation right um uh, uh, with with respect to to what we do, in that Father Joseph Anthony and I are both um, university chaplains, college chaplains, and uh, so right now in the spring, um, you know, about this time, everyone officially starts to lose their mind. Yes, like even a hundred percent. Everything's always crazy on campus because. It's just college, and that's just how it is, but now I feel like <laughs> so the true. i feel like the intensity i mean that's part of why I love being a being a chaplain right just oh, yeah. injecting the voice of almighty God into the chaos but um but uh, but from my perspective, the intensity of the chaos is certainly ramped up I don't know if that's your your sense of life right now
2: um it's a hundred percent my experience this year this semester with it because there there's just a lot of of changes that are happening. We this you go through the the typical kind of seasonal changes, right? We're we're coming out of winter and into spring. You go through spring break and then like the weather gets nice and everybody wants to be outside now. Like you've gotten into such rhythms of being indoors and 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 how to hang out, and build community um and then boom the weather breaks and you start to see the flowers blo- blossoming and you're going outside all the time and so you're kind of surrounded naturally by changing of seasons right and then as soon as you kind of like enter into that then you go through the change from lent into easter right and there's another big change that's happening um and then it hits you at the end of the year that like okay now we got to go uh, change out of our um our academic modes into the summer but with this right. year this this particularly this year we're starting to change out of um super uh strict covet restrictions and those restrictions are starting to loosen now and so we're having to reframe our mentality and engagement like okay how do we engage now like we've built up habits of over a year of always walking out of the door it's like okay cell phone keys wallet mask like those types of things like How does that affect how we engage with people in now changing into this new reality of not just no restrictions, but this new reality of a post-COVID world in post-COVID church? So there's a lot of changes that are happening right now. Um, That's kind of been our experience of uh, it's like every corner you turn around, every conversation you have now is starting to revolve around this aspect of, hey, how are you dealing with the change? I've heard that phrase so many times, I don't know if you've heard that, but like, hey, how are you dealing oh, with this absolutely. change? yeah,
1: yeah, no, and that's- that's certainly why that's certainly why um you know we why we wanted to talk about just change and how to face it, how to face it as a Christian, right, yeah. you know, um, Father Joseph Anthony, neither Father Joseph Anthony nor I. Um, is a, is a licensed therapist? Um, I mean, unless you've been doing something on the side, that I
2: don't know about. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not moonlighting as a, <laughs> okay, a, a, right. a therapist or nothing like that. <laughs> okay,
1: so no, 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 ma- no masters in clinical therapy there or anything. Uh, um, yeah. But, um, but, but certainly as as priests, um, you know, people people look to us, and and we're we're privileged to be a part of so many conversations um, uh, uh, of people's lives, and whether ta- where they're talking about change, whether they're pivoting in the workplace whether they're undergraduate students facing changes in the upcoming school year, whether they're students who are graduating, mm. leaving the university and entering the workplace, or whether you're just a normal person that's been minding your own business and you're walking out of, as Father was saying, the post-COVID world. Um, it just seems that everything is just uh, just up for grabs right now, that there's so much of life that's just being thrown to the wind. Um, so as as Christians, you know, of course, um, we, we want to face this um, first, n- not not from from our perspective, uh, but first from the perspective of God. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the whole idea of the podcast, right? We want we want to be speaking about about the God's eye view of things. God's planning. We're going to be talking about God. Um, so so this is totally on brand for us, right? Just right away to say like, how do we deal with change? God doesn't change. <laughs> Look to God first. There it is. Look To God. So 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 here we are. You know, talking about this this important. And absolute metaphysical principle, which is contested certainly mm-hmm, by, mm-hmm. by some theologians that, that want to believe that, that God evolves. Um, uh, this is very problematic for lots of reasons, but, uh, but, but of course, we believe that God doesn't change. We think about that beautiful verse um, from, uh, from Hebrews that declares Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as a young man, that verse was, was seared onto my heart because that verse, as, ma- as many of our listeners might recall, was the motto chosen by Pope St. John Paul II mm-hmm. for entering the new millennium. That whatever it is that we're facing next, Pope St. John Paul II or John Paul the Great, as some rightly call him, uh, Pope St. John Paul II wanted us to know that whatever it was that we were going to face in the 21st century, we should have a confidence first in the absolute uh, fixed nature of God in in God's own self, that Jesus Christ would always for us be the same yesterday, today, and forever, that no matter the changes of the world that we face, God does not change.
2: Every time I hear that uh, verse from Hebrews, every time I read in scripture, I hear it in liturgy, I hear it with a broken Polish accent speaking English. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like it's to me, it's always been the voice of John Paul II proclaiming that to the world and to the generations is through his Polish accent of, of like just proclaiming that. And I, I see him on stage at World Youth Day, you know, to the youth, uh, the young people who are looking at the rest of their life with all the possibilities. And in order to achieve those possibilities, there's got to be changes in their life. And so like, they're staring down a future of changes in what way and in, in, in options and differences in his proclamation to them is do not fear, do not be afraid. The reason because J- Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And, and what a comfort that is, because we have to sit here and um, you know, that age old saying that the, the, the only constant is change. Like the only thing you can depend on is the fact that things change. Like, do we really believe that, as Christians? Do we do we actually really believe that? Because the only constant is, is actually God Himself, because He is unchanging. And right. we make that proclamation um, not just because of the metaphysical realities of uh, attributes of God who is unchanging, but also because the um, the understanding of Christ entering into our lives as uh, fully God and fully man, that it's this specific man, Jesus Christ, who is both God and man, who allows us to enter into that unchanging aspect of God. So right. it, th- we, we actually don't live our life by the only constant is change. There's There's something higher that we are actually invited into, and that's the divinity himself.
1: Right. Yeah, that's right. That's well said. And a great reminder, you know, to our listeners, right, of Christ being this entree for us into uh, the deepest mysteries of love that, that are that are God's own, uh, that are God's own, you know, that comprise, um, you know, some some of the highest things, some of the highest ways that we can speak about God, right? Because the risk is if we say, oh, God doesn't change, people might hear, oh, Christians think that God is static, yes, or God is boring, or God is fixed. Um, and those things aren't true, right? No. Because God is dynamic, yes. eternally, always knowing and loving God's self. And this is the exchange of knowledge and love that is the, that is the heart of the blessed Trinity. And to say that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, today, and forever means that, that we are always being invited into the one thing that we can rely on, which is the love of heaven, the mm-hmm. love of the blessed Trinity, um. I don't know. Do you have any 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 follow up on that before? No, we move I mean, I I, I, next point? We,
2: I think we can move on to the next point. But like that that is that is the beauty of of this proclamation.
1: So if we know that God doesn't change, you know, again an, another consequence, or I should say another risk, then another temptation would be to, be to say like, "Oh, God is um, satisfied in Himself. Uh, God is fixed, complete, whole in in His own entirety," and that's true. Um God, mm-hmm. God does not need us. this is the right. the great mystery of creation that God would choose to love us and out of His mercy create us um so so that we might share in his happiness um but but but, this is just it because precisely because God has chosen to create us, God has chosen to show his mercy to shine His mercy upon us. God will always do that god will God will never abandon us that's that that I think is the next key
2: It's even though God himself does not change, right? He doesn't ignore the changes that take place in our life. And so uh, I think we're going to get onto this a a little later about the differences between God's relationship to time and our relationship to time and whatnot, but he doesn't uh, ignore or um, overlook our experience of change. And so the beauty is, he doesn't stand on the sideline as a spectator, just watching things play out. No, he actually enters in in his promises to us. And this, you know, we can look throughout all of salvation history. Is that the number one thing that we kind of learn from all of salvation history and into uh, the incarnation itself is that God will not abandon His people. He just he won't abandon constant promises of his presence his love his constant guidance his uh, desire to be one with his people so much so that he even sent his son uh to die with us in or die for us so that we can be with him and th- even though we go through these experiences of change like and God himself is unchanging he doesn't abandon us in our change because that's a the difference between us and God is he doesn't change and we do change. So how can this happen? Is like he actually refuses to abandon us even in our changing lives.
1: Right. One of the, one of the verses that I find so consoling where, where God is revealing this to himself, God is telling us this, assuring us of his constant love, um, in, is, comes from the book of Deuteronomy. So it's Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, where, where it's written, the Lord himself will lead you and be with you. He will not fail you or abandon you, so do not lose courage, do not be afraid. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, it's a very consoling, again, consoling um, thing to, he- to hear these words and, and to believe them, uh, to profess them with confidence that God will lead us, that he will be with us, that he won't abandon us, right? So, so I want to now kind of like explore that and stretch this out just a little bit, right? So God, yep. not only does God not abandon us, he remains with us, but he actually leads us. Um, Father Joseph Anthony, can you say a little bit about God's providence as our guide through times of change?
2: Yeah, this—I mean, this is where the Lord continually takes us deeper in this mystery, right? Not only do we find out that he's unchanging, not only do we find out that He abandoned or He will not abandon us—not that—wow, <laughs> yeah. almost—I got almost like uh, real, uh, real quick on there. Uh, he Himself is unchanging. He refuses to abandon His children. But then the third thing is actually he goes one step further, is that he becomes our guide through these changes. He becomes our our uh, kind of navigational beacon uh, through the turbulent waters of this life. And we, I, I think of you know the the two um, two kind of scripture quotes that come out to me is the third chapter of Ecclesiastes, where he's like, "There's a time for everything. Right? There's a time for sowing and there's a time for reaping." And to go through each one of those things is like the the ability to admit that there's a different intentional time for each thing in that things do change in this life uh, because of our finitude and our dependency, uh, contingency even, that we go through these changes. But then he follows up with, uh, what is it? Psalm uh, 32, where he talks about being the guide, being the light that leads us. That kind of image of the light guiding us through these transitions, these uh, these seasons of our life, the, from sowing to reaping, is uh, picked up by John and the prologue, right? The light shining in the darkness, because the confusion of change is is also a real thing. We'll we'll talk about that. I think in the in the second segment, how change introduces confusion into our life, and so to grant clarity in a path forward is Christ enters into our world, as John says, both as light in the darkness and as truth himself. I'm the way, the truth, and the life how beautiful are those three things the way through this life the path through the changes of this life the truth spoken into the confusion that is introduced via the uh kind of contingency and the finitude of this life and thus through those two things we gain abundance of life and it's jesus himself that does that so he lord once again doesn't stand on the sidelines watching everything happen but actually enters in in a particular way to guide us through these changes
1: yeah, so I mean, it's precisely that, uh, Father Joseph Anthony, that's so important, right? That that we as Christians understand that it's God's divine providence that's leading us. You know, which means that that we can have a real confidence there. That that when we take a, a you know a chance on something, or or when we're when we're bearing something that's a great suffering for us, as Christians again, as people of faith, we we look to God, knowing that for whatever reason, this is what He wants for our lives, and that we should have a confidence in Him, in His love and His mercy. Um, to, to be working this out, uh, recognizing that that this is his will and that, that we're being led deeper into the mysteries, uh, the mysteries of his life and of his love. Um, okay, so with that, let's take a short break. And when we come back, um, we're going to be talking about a little bit more of the nitty gritty, you know, a little bit of the practical, how we've handled um, change in, in our lives and how, how we recommend that, that, you, that you handle change in yours.
0: You are listening to Godsplaining. Visit us at godsplaining.org to listen to our episodes, shop our store, and donate to our podcast. All gifts go to improving the podcast and bringing the gospel to more listeners. Thanks for your support.
1: Well, friends, thanks for tuning in, uh, for listening to Godsplaining here. Um, today, as you as you know, we've been talking about change, and uh, the first part we were talking about a God and how God does not change, and how we as Christians um, experience a great blessing, a great confidence because of that. But 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 that, in and of itself, that teaching, right, in and of itself, as consoling as that be, is not the, sum total of everything that we have to do when we deal with change in our lives, right? So we we wanted to talk a little bit about um, some of the application here, some of the nitty gritty, um, of of living change well in life. So so Father Joseph Anthony, what's your first? uh pro tip do you think um for dealing with change in life
2: well i think you take all your change to your local kroger and go to coinstar and just turn that change into an amazon gift card right like that's that's what everybody really that's the practical way to deal with change um and no no okay (laughs) (laughs) sorry that that was low-hanging fruit for me that was painful (laughs) That was really awful, but I had to take it
1: uh, all right, no. on the East Coast are wondering, what's a Kroger?
2: Yeah, I know. Well, hey, shout out <laughs> to the Midwest, baby. Shout out. Um, yeah, first thing to do with change is uh, making sure that there is kind of stability in our prayer routines. Um, why is this? Because we talked about uh, the importance of God who doesn't change and how he enters in as the guiding light and um, how he doesn't abandon us. Well, we must maintain connection with him right? We must be in conversation. We must be in communion with him. And that means that we have to keep a robust, a strong prayer life through these life changes or these seasons of our lives that change. So that has to be the, the first step is making sure that we are kind of keeping a robust prayer life, keeping in union with God throughout all of this. And I that, that mean, mean, it adjusts a little bit, but we don't ever want to jettison that and say, oh, once I get settled, then I'll pick it up again. It's like, no, 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 this has to be a primary thing to go through that.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, God will not abandon us, but the, the contrary must also be true. We cannot <laughs> abandon God. Right? Yeah. Um, and I, I think there's a—I've always found such confidence in the, in the Scripture verse about being in the boat with Christ um, in the storm— Right, and for for me, last spring, as the pandemic was in full swell, when uh, our Holy Father, when Pope Francis came out to address the world in that extraordinary urbe at orbe address, right, Um, to the city and the world, Um, in that extraordinary blessing uh, and speech, when the Holy Father led us through um, as a universal church to contemplate this mystery, um, th- there's that call, right. To remain with Christ,
0: mm-hmm. to be
1: with him, um, to, to, to keep him in the boat, to stay with Christ in the boat. Um, so, so don't your, throw yourself off the ship, right. You know, keep yourself there with Christ, um, because that's the temptation to say like, well, I don't have time for this right now, or the mass that I used to go to changed or, I don't like this new priest, or whatever. Some of these new obstacles that you might be facing that that have in fact impacted your prayer routine, you've got to figure out ways around them and persevere because uh, those obstacles, by themselves, you know, in their own nature, should not destroy your interior life because your interior life, as Father Joseph Anthony was saying, is built on God, mm-hmm. um, not on the not on the kind of finite and changeable things of of our experience of the entire life on this on this side of eternity so we have, we have to have a confidence a real perseverance uh just despite that okay so so uh, another thing that i think is very important after that right is just being able to acknowledge um perhaps uh that that some, the moment the time for something has passed right yeah. um so it's okay for example if you're graduating from college to to grieve the loss of college life. College is great. It's fun to be a student. <laughs> it is. And adulting, adulting is not great. No. You know, living no. in the real world with real real world problems is complicated. Now, um you could become a Dominican, I right. I, I recommend that to many people, you know, and then you Big can have a kind of hybrid version of adult, of adulting and student life your whole life. Uh but <laughs> but um you know there there it's right to recognize sometimes um That that a moment has passed, right, and there's kind of a mourning or a grieving that goes along with that. Um,
2: I think one of the things that is very, very helpful is, like, good things can come to an end, right? Something that is very, very good, and when it comes to an end, that doesn't take away all of its goodness. And stepping into that and admitting that, hey, this is good, but this only lasts for a certain period of my life, and I need to move on from that, in in order to do that we kind of have to grieve the loss of a good so that we can mm-hmm. move on and be able to receive something else that's new right you have to kind of let go of that so that you have an open hand to receive something that's good in the next stage of your life or the next place or the next whatever it may be i i see a lot of times that people see something that is so good for whatever period of life, like, you know, let's use college, for example, you're, you know, the friends that you had in college are so great, good friends that you want to hold on to them forever and never let go and never admit that like you're in different stages of life. Now you're in different places and maybe this friendship adapts, but they never want to let go of that. And that actually holds them back and, and doesn't have the, doesn't give them the ability to grieve the goodness of that. And it doesn't, um, Allow it to actually have the glory of what uh good it was for that period of life, but because you hold on to it so tight, it starts to kind of you know fade away slowly, and then everybody kind of feels guilty for not being the best friends ever, or you you're holding on to something so bad that you actually sour it and it turns it raw or wrong in a in a sense so having that opportunity to actually step into something and say like i'm going to grieve the loss of something good because it was good for me very very good for me but it's come to an end and i need to move on from that unless we actually identify that intentionally look at that um it can hold us back from the ability to receive the goodness of whatever is coming down in the new stage of life the new phase of our life that we're in
1: yeah that's right and i i think for that reason right father um it's not Always the most helpful thing to say, like, oh, look to your friends um, to help you through this time, because a lot of a lot of times those are the relationships that are changing. Right. Um, And so we have to say something more like uh, look to or seek support from people who are facing similar situations or seek out and rely on mentor relationships, not just that dynamic of peer relationship. You know especially for people coming out of college into the workplace but also any anyone that moves right um, proximity mm-hmm. affects friendship in a real way you know that's why the university is a learning community why people come <laughs> to live together at the university because there's so much going on in the life of study beyond just sitting on a zoom call um and, and so we we have a sense of this right people people know this in their heart of hearts um and that's also why it's a bit tumultuous to leave because you've been part of an intentional community, mm-hmm. um, an intentional learning community for so long to leave that behind can be very difficult. Um, so allow those relationships, as you were saying, you know, by extension, Father Joseph, Anthony, need to allow good things um, to end, you know, if they must come to an end to allow to allow some of these relationships to end, to leave them well, and to, to let them be what they were in life and, and to look back on them with joy, not with sorrow for having ended, right? But, but with gratitude for, for having known it, um, gratitude for having loved.
2: That's, um, man, maybe we can do a whole episode. I have a whole theory on like really the five people you need in your life. And they're all kind of based on these different relationships that we have. But, and part of that is actually looking to each one of these individuals as like mentors. Right. And we live, I, I, we both are working in universities context in college, but like relationships are actually all because of accidental proximity. That's it. Like, there's not a lot of intentional intentionality here. Like, you see the same people because you live in the same dorm. And, um, you know, your your classmates or things like that. And people are used to having groups of friends in, you know, the dozens and hundreds and, and whatnot. You walk around campus. You're the big man on campus. Everybody knows you. You go into party. Everybody is cheering because you're there. You know, none of those are real friendships. And they're going to last maybe three years at most. But once you move on and you don't have accidental proximity to peers, then what do you do? Where are your friends? And there's that kind of crisis moment of who do you rely on? So if you're moving into a new, um, you know, new job, then like who are you going to look to because your peers aren't there anymore? That that accidental proximity is not real, and so seeking out individuals who have gone through similar, trend, like you know transitions in life or similar, um, changes as a mentor to say, help guide me through this. This is what I'm going through. Like, what should I prioritize at this time? Like, okay, should I prioritize, you know, uh, figuring out how much to budget for meals every day, or should I prioritize like where I'm living for the next, you know, three weeks, you know, um, and, and helping people to go through that is actually more based on mentorship in somebody who has experiential knowledge akin to what you are uh what changes you're looking for and to be able to seek that out and not just rely on proximity or uh, anything along those lines peer-based relationships i guess i should say
1: so i think with that um i want to just propose our last thing uh the the last helpful bit and it's this great and and truly catholic practice Mm -hmm. right um which is called by some, um, the, the practice of the present moment, or even as father Jean-Pierre Cossard, the great Jesuit spiritual author mm-hmm. says, um, the, the, uh, the sacrament of the present moment. Um, and this is different from YOLO, right? Just <laughs> totally. Kind <of> abiding yeah. <laughs> in the moment as if that's all there is, you know, that's not what we're <laughs> suggesting, but practicing the present moment means looking for the graces of God mm-hmm. in where you're at, um, you know just just in common life we have all these aphorisms right like uh, oh the grass is always greener on the other side uh, the kind of temp perennial temptations to live either in the past for what was or to consume ourselves with anxiety about what has not yet come to be um, you know so continuing to focus on the future in a way that is not effective because it hasn't happened yet. Um, mm-hmm. so, the, so the Lord sends us graces in the present moment. Uh, Father Joseph Anthony, I don't know, um, what would you say about encouraging people to live or to practice um, the grace of the present moment?
2: I think this gets back to a lot of what we were talking about in the first segment, and even our first suggestion is understanding that so many of these circumstances can change. And maybe the change in the circumstances are good, they take away obstacles uh, in our life. Maybe sometimes they're bad. Maybe changes of circumstances mm-hmm. introduce obstacles right. into our life. Um, but if we have that robust pr- prayer life, which is our relationship with God, who is unchanging, who is eternal, guides us and and whatnot, um, the ability to do that in the present moment. So it's taking like account, taking note of where this unchanging God is guiding, speaking, giving us the gifts of his presence and graces, no matter the circumstances, right? And and that's that kind of mentality of the inner union with God. So no matter how much the spirit or the circumstances change, this union with the unchanging God is real. And so it doesn't really depend on what has happened in the past. And it's not in this kind of holding pattern until things change for the future, for that perfect situation where then everything will click. It's no, this utter ability to say that the triune God is united to me. The triune God is, um, present to me in this moment. So stepping into that is, is, is a really beautiful practice and allows us to navigate whatever changes, um, our life take us on.
1: Well, friends, I mean, I think that uh, about wraps us up. And, you know, we hope that um, this helps all of you, you know, if, in your, if you're at a place in your life where you're going through a certain amount of change, we hope that our reflections on, on God first and then on, on how to best live life in, you know, t- tumultuous and changing times have helped today. Um, thank you for all of you who like and share the podcast. You know, your, uh, your offering episodes to your friends is, you know, is the best thing that you can do. You know, you can post about it on social media. That's great. We really appreciate it. Um, if you would like to watch us, you, you certainly may. Good luck. You know, we, we make all kinds of facial expressions. I don't know. That's been, that might, that may or may not be an added bonus to you to follow us on YouTube. Um, if you, uh, are interested in merch, we've got the merch shop. Um, a special thank you to all of those, uh, listeners who support us on Patreon. Um, your uh, funding of the project allows us to give our time to it. Um, but then also our, uh, to continue to improve our technology and, and make the show better produced, Uh, because we think we have important things to say, not because we ourselves are important, but because the gospel is that important. Uh, uh, So please know above all of our prayers for you, and we beg your prayers for us. God bless.
0: Thanks for listening to God's Plaining, a work of the Dominican friars of the province of St. Joseph. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave a review on your podcast app and visit us at godsplaining.org.